Well, this is lesson number six of our Life Discipleship series, and uh, we're going to begin um, a, a short series within a series uh, talking about spiritual discipline. And so there are three spiritual disciplines that we're going to learn about over the next few lessons of this course. Uh, discipline of prayer, the discipline of fasting, and the discipline of Bible study. And so we're going to begin today uh, talking about the discipline of prayer, developing a spiritual discipline, the discipline of prayer. Uh, so Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6 says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. So what can you tell me about prayer? What do you know about prayer? Communication between you and God. Yep. God answers. Prayer takes a load off. You, you know, it goes back to that that scriptural principle where, you know, we cast our cares on Him because He cares for us, and it really does give us that that release, that release of pressure and the heaviness. What else do you know about prayer? Anything? Prayer is always answered. Maybe yes, no, or wait. Yeah, yes, no, or wait. Prayers always answered. Yes, no, or wait. I love that. That is so true. And uh, so let, we're going to talk about prayer today. I, I know I've talked about prayer a lot. I, I've taught on it. Matter of fact, we're doing a Wednesday night life discovery series on praying through the tabernacle. Um, but if there's any spiritual discipline that I find is of utmost importance, it's learning how to develop your personal prayer life and the power of prayer and that communication with Jesus Christ. That is the key to a great relationship. That is the key to a relationship that works, and it's communication. In New Mexico... Uh, there is a uh, large radio receiver. Uh, pilots who fly over this this patch of land uh, with these radio receivers call it the mushroom patch because the satellites there across the land resemble mushrooms growing together. Uh, so when they fly over, it's called the mushroom patch. Um, its real name is the Very Large Array, or VLA for short. The VLA is a huge, um, a series of huge satellite disks on 38 miles of railways. Uh, together, uh, the dishes would, would mimic a, a telescope, a single telescope the size of Washington, D.C. Um, astronomers travel from all over the world to analyze the, the optical images of the heavens composed by the VLA. Uh, these images are received from radio signals from outer space, believe it or not. <laughs> people, people, NASA, 
research teams search the endless darkness of the universe for a word. They want to hear from outer space. Um, you, and so they use the eyes of the telescopes and the electronic ears of the VLA to hear something from space. And so while the astronomers and scientists search the heavens for a word, I want to let you know we have already received a word from the far reaches of space. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 19 says, We have the word of the prophets made more certain and you will do well to pay attention to it the word as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts god has not only spoken clearly and powerfully to us through the spirit and through the scriptures But he also possesses not a VLA, but he possesses a VLE, a very large ear that is continually open to us to hear from us. So we can communicate with the heavens through the means of prayer. There is a survey that was conducted, a 1700 uh, uh, evangelical believers. And these, uh, this survey was conducted among believers from de- many different denominations. And they were asked a series of questions on prayer. And the survey came back to say that out of the 1,700 believers that were surveyed, that a certain percentage of them, um, matter of fact, that the average, let me just put this in, the average time that they spend in prayer every day is five minutes. Five minutes. All right. 2,000 of this 17,000 were pastors and pastor's wives. And they say on average that according to the survey that they only prayed seven minutes a day. We must come to the grips with the fact that to live in true godliness and to have that much desired relationship with Jesus Christ, we need to pray. And we need to communicate clearly with him more than five minutes a day. Can you imagine for those of us that are married, if we only talked with our spouses five minutes a day? What that relationship would look like after a few years. Well, can you imagine that if you spend as little as five minutes a day on average speaking with Jesus Christ in prayer, what kind of relationship that that might be like? Prayer is important. Um, According to the scriptures... Prayer is not only important, but prayer is expected. Jesus himself expected his disciples to pray. Uh, He was talking to them in Matthew chapter 6. And he began saying in verse number 5 of Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray, not if you pray or if you might pray. But there was an expectation that when they prayed... That they're not going to be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues 
and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men, assuredly I say to you, they have their reward. And in verse number 6, he says it again. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward openly. And then verse number 7, he says, And when you pray... Three times, three consecutive verses, there is an expectation that he has of his followers that they are going to pray. And so verse number seven says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for the many words. And jump down to verse number nine. He goes on to say, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Luke number 11, verse number 9, Jesus is speaking again and says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. What is he talking about? He's talking about prayer. In this particular case, he's talking about consistent, persistent prayer. Luke 18, 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And so there is an expectation found in the word of God. There's an expectation found in the teachings of Jesus Christ that we ought to pray and prayer is expected. Now, God's word in other portions of the scriptures also makes it clear that prayer is expected. So Jesus expected prayer from his followers. The word of God also coincides with his teaching. We jump into some of the epistles that Paul wrote to the church. He wrote, for example, to the church in Coloss, in Colossians chapter 4, verse number 2, that they were to continue earnestly in prayer. Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. To continue earnestly in prayer. This means he was encouraging them to be devoted to prayer. To make prayer a priority. Uh, even if it needs to be sacrificial, that prayer is a priority. What do you mean sacrificial? Well, we may have to sacrifice some personal time. We may have to sacrifice some sleep. Um, we may have to sacrifice uh, some of our hobbies. Uh, maybe sacrifice some of our, our work time to make time to make prayer a priority in our life. And so we need to make time for it. Uh, and, and when you do make time for that communication with God... You know that you're devoted. For, just like in a marriage. When you make time for your spouse. And you make time to communicate. It shows one another the devotion that you have. And this is the same thing that applies in our prayer. In developing our relationship with Jesus Christ. When we make time for it. It shows our devotion. And then Paul again says. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, that we as believers ought to pray continually. Now, that doesn't mean that that's all we do is pray. So while devote yourselves to prayer emphasizes prayer as an activity, to pray continually reminds 
us that prayer is also relationship, that we should not cease to communicate, that we should not shut down on our communication. Uh, prayer is that expression of a, a believer's unbroken or continuous relationship with Christ. And so when Paul says to pray continually, he means to continue in communication. Be quick to communicate. Be quick and ready to speak and to hear what the Spirit is saying. And so what does it mean to devote and be continuous? Well, it doesn't mean that we do nothing but pray. And again, let me reiterate that. Uh, we just have to have a mind for prayer and are quick to do it. And so pray continually. And so we must see the expectation to pray, not only as a divine command, but also, and this is the way I like to view prayer. I like to view it as a royal invitation from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. To boldly approach his throne to talk. Yes, there's an expectation to it. There's a, a sense of obligation. There's a command to pray. But, you know, when we approach it not as an obligation or just simple obedience as to a command. But when we approach it as the invitation that it is. It makes prayer that much easier for us. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may have, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, there are two types of people who pray. All right. There is a prayer pessimist and a prayer optimist. Prayer pessimist. Simply see the expectation to communicate with God as an obligation. A prayer optimist views the command to pray as an opportunity to speak with the Lord and to receive, according to the scriptures, mercy and grace. And so Jesus expected his followers to pray. Paul reiterated that to the believers in the early church that prayer was a priority. And let me tell you something. Prayer is so important. And prayer is such a priority that even Jesus himself prayed. Luke tells us in Luke 5.16 that Jesus would often withdraw to lonely places by himself isolated and Pray. Now, if Jesus prayed, how much more should we pray? If Jesus prayed, how important is us in our human, carnal, sinful ways, how important is it for us to pray? I would say very. And so prayer is expected not because... He needs it, but prayer's expectation is based on the fact that we need it. We need prayer. We need that open line of communication with our Lord. 
So if prayer is that important, let's go back to the survey. If prayer is that important, it's found throughout the scriptures that godly men and women pray. Then why is it that on an average, believers only pray five minutes? Now, these are the ones that said they they prayed every day. There's a certain percentage that says that they only pray a couple times a week. So if it's that important in the scriptures, then why don't we do it? Why are we not consistent with it? Now I'm going to talk to me. I'm not going to point fingers at anybody in here. I'm going to talk to me. Why am I not consistent in my prayer life knowing that it's that important? Well, there are reasons for a couple reasons. For actually, there's a lot of reasons why people don't pray. But I'm going to give us a couple reasons why I feel that we don't pray. I, and the number one reason, what do you think? Time. Time? Too busy? Too busy? Don't, want to. don't want to? Sin? Sin? Mm-hmm. It comes down to really one thing lack of discipline. Number one reason why we don't have consistent prayer lives is a lack of discipline. I'm pretty sure all of us in here believe that prayer is important. I'm pretty sure all of us believe that prayer should be a priority. I mean, because we really want to walk with Jesus Christ and have a relationship with him. We do so through communication or prayer. And it comes down to the simple fact, maybe we just don't discipline ourselves to do so. Prayer, if it's a lack of discipline, that means prayer is not planned. And time is never allotted for praying. Prayer becomes crowded out by things that we feel are more urgent. Okay, it's we just don't discipline ourselves to make time to communicate with Him. Often we do not pray because we doubt that anything will actually happen if we do. And we live in this this instant generation, this microwave generation, where we want it now. I mean, we want we we have fast food restaurants everywhere. We have uh, instant meals. Just add hot water. We have microwaves. If it takes longer than three minutes to cook, it's not worth it. I mean, this is the society that we're in. We are so busy and on the run so much that we want things now. And, and, and because we don't get the answer right now. In our time, in our way, uh, we, we just feel like it, it's not worth our time. you know. And again, some answers come, but they're not always the answers that we want. Sometimes it is no, and sometimes it is wait. Just like Nancy said. Uh, we, we, want, we want something physical to manifest the moment we start praying. I mean, we, we want that, that cloud of glory to fall the, the moment we hit our knees with, with all the answers to all the questions in the world. And, you know, we just feel like, okay, well, our, th- this whole thing is contradicting our whole faith. Well, 
you know, we're talking about communication. We're not just we're not talking about what are we going to get from God. We're talking about building a relationship with Him. But often we don't pray because we doubt that things actually happen. Um, there is a, a lack of sense in the nearness of God sometimes discourages prayer. Has anybody ever been there when you, you went to pray and you just felt like he was a, a million miles away? Let me tell you something. That's the most important time to pray. I do know this. I'm not bound and I should not be bound by what I feel. I, I should not be bound to my physical senses. What I should be bound to is the Lord's promise that he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. That he would go with us even to the end of the world. And, and, and so even though I may be in a time of prayer and a time of desperation and I feel that I'm so far away. Let me tell you something. He's there. But because we don't feel it, it discourages us to pray. And we are very quick to not pray because we don't have discipline. Sometimes we think of prayer as only asking for things. And so when there's little awareness of needs or we just feel like we don't need anything anymore or nobody else around us needs anything, um, we, we, we stop praying. You know, I, I don't want to diminish the importance of prayer requests. Um, because we take up prayer requests. It's, those things are important. We, we want to know what we need to pray for. And the Bible encourages us to make our petitions known. So I'm not saying that we don't pray if there's needs. Or somebody else has needs. Or because somebody's given us prayer requests. But there are times that we just need to communicate with him without ever asking for anything. But what happens is because there's this awareness of no immediate need in our life, uh, we feel that life has become manageable. Therefore, we don't need his help. Life has become manageable. And so there's that. Lack of discipline doesn't keep us on our knees. Sometimes when our awareness of the greatness of God and his gospel start to dim in our lives, now this happens because we're not praying, we stop seeing his purpose, uh, we stop hearing his voice, we start to lose vision. Why? Because we're not communicating with him. But And, and so it begins a, a really vicious cycle. Uh, the less we communicate with him, the less we know about him, the less we know what he wants from us. Uh, the less likely we are to communicate with him because we're just, it's a bad cycle to get in. And so if we really want to understand and, and find our purpose, if we really truly believe that we are called to reach this lost and dying world, that, that prayer may not be about asking for anything. Maybe prayer is about bridging the gap for lost souls and, and intercession. Um, gain of uh, to ask the Lord for fresh vision and fresh anointing. Uh, maybe it's just letting them know where we're at. But if we don't discipline ourselves, then when we go through these trying times and these questions and or dry times and difficulties in life, um, then we're very quick to not pray. 
And so the number one reason I feel is that we're just not disciplined to do so. Which means I, I pray because it's a discipline to do so. Sometimes I'm going to feel like it. Sometimes I'm not going to feel like it. And it's those times when I don't feel like it are the times I need to do it the most. And if I were to develop the discipline of daily prayer, then when those troubling times come, when I'm tired, when I'm weak, when I'm frustrated, I'm still going to do it. That's why it's called discipline. But there's another reason for so little prayer other than just not being disciplined to do so. And that reason is that some just simply don't know how to pray. Prayer is learned. Just like any discipline in our life, we learn how to do it. How many in here exercise? One of us, sometimes. I, I have exercised before. Okay. Um, some exercise every day because of the job. Uh, you know, we 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 do things in our life, whether it's exercise, work, uh, whether we're a skilled tradesperson, by learning how to do it. Right? We learn how to lay floor. We just don't walk into a flooring place and say, "Hey, I want a job here." But I've never laid floor before, and if nobody ever teaches me, I, I'm not sure there's going to be much success. Prayer is learned. We learn how to pray. No matter how weak or strong um, your prayer life is right now, we can learn to grow stronger or to go deeper in that prayer life. We can either learn how to pray because we've never really prayed before. Or we can learn how to become better, more effective in our prayer. And so we must say with the disciples, when they were with Jesus in Luke chapter 11, they they looked at him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. There, There was a desire in them to learn how to communicate with God. This is not the first time they've ever prayed, though. They were Jews, and so they had already spent time in the temple. They have spent time in their personal prayer time, but there was something more they wanted to learn. And so they said, teach us to pray. And so it really comes down to this. We learn to pray by praying. We learn anything by actually doing it. The old adage says that practice makes perfect. And so the more we do something, the better we get at it. And the more we do something, the more likely we are to develop a habit or a discipline in doing it. And so prayer is learned. And so one of the ways that we can learn to pray and to be consistent in prayer and to develop a habit of prayer or discipline is that we develop a daily pattern. Again, it goes back to discipline. Now, I'm going to say something to start off. 
and this is almost blasphemous in my house, is that maybe to discipline ourselves to pray, perhaps we have no morning coffee until we pray. Now, in our house, prayer requires coffee. It goes hand in hand. I have tried to pray, and we have run out of coffee. Sister M has tried morning devotions without coffee, and how successful was that? It's not successful. I don't need the So, but develop a daily pattern. Sometimes we have to discipline ourselves. And so maybe there's no coffee before prayer. Or maybe when we do get our first cup of coffee, that is our signal that it is time to pray. Um, perhaps, now this is for old school, perhaps no morning paper before prayer. Or no morning internet news before prayer. Maybe we don't jump on social media until we have Talk to him first. Because trust me, sometimes I need that before I read what's on this. Maybe we discipline ourselves to get up 30 minutes earlier. And that time is designated for prayer. Maybe we decide to go to bed 30 minutes earlier. And that 30 minute period is designated for prayer. Or maybe our day is so busy that the only break we get is lunchtime and that we uh, have lunch with God. I'm just saying we develop a daily pattern and we can only develop the discipline of prayer, the practice of prayer, and, and, and give into the importance of prayer if we actually do it. Now, we can talk about it all the time. And we can talk about prayer, and we can read about prayer, and we can we can share with each other how important prayer is, and and uh, we can have people tell us, ask us all the time, hey, can you pray for this? Yeah, I'll pray for this. But if we never pray, um, we learn by praying. One of the ways we can we can develop a a, a uh, discipline of prayer is that. We use the time we spend in Scripture also in pray. Because I have learned that many people would rather read than pray. Maybe time spent in Scripture equals time spent with God in communication as well. Um, meditating on what we've read. Sometimes that's the missing link between our Bible study and, and prayer. And we're going to talk more about meditating on the Word when we get to uh, the discipline of Bible study. But if we meditate on what we're reading, then we're taking the words of God, the, the words that He's already communicated to us, and we're pondering them, and then we begin to apply them, and then we begin to ask some questions. We're spending time with God. Uh, I love two scriptures playing plainly teach this example David prayed in Psalm verses 5 Psalm chapter 5 verse 1 he says give ear to my words O Lord consider my sighing or that meditation that quiet time the, 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 that's what the Hebrew word rendered a sighing 
uh, sighing is translated as, 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 as meditation. Psalm 1914, uh, he writes again, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So notice both verses are prayers and both refer to other words spoken in prayer. What, what are we speaking? We're, we're meditating. We're, we're thinking about the Lord's words. And so meditation was the method that moved David from the truth of God, the word of God, into talking with God or relationship with God. We can learn to pray not only by simply doing it, but we can also learn to pray by praying with others. All right, that, that's one of the reasons why having prayer partners is not a bad idea. That's why praying as husband and wife or as a family is not a bad idea. Why coming to corporate prayer is not a bad idea. We can learn to pray by praying with others as well. Or we can enhance our prayer life by praying with others. Uh, the writer of Proverbs reminds us that iron sharpens iron. We sharpen one another. We can learn from one another. Uh, the disciples learn to pray not only by hearing Jesus teach about prayer, but they were also with him when he prayed. And again, let's not forget that the, the question or the, 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 the request the disciples had of Lord teach us to pray didn't just come as a random idea. This request followed a time when the disciples accompanied him in prayer. Now, they already had prayer. They knew about prayer. They prayed, but when they prayed with him, there was something different about his prayer. And they're like, Lord, teach us to pray like that. Why? Because they wanted to be effective. They wanted to touch heaven. They, they wanted to enhance that, that time spent with God. And so we can learn to pray by praying with others. So not only do we learn to pray by actually doing it, we learn to pray uh, by praying with others. We learn to pray by spending time in the Word of God and allowing that to, to um, marinate within us. And we begin to think about it and, and we talk to the Lord about it. Um, we, we can also learn to pray um, by reading books about prayer. Watching DVDs about prayer. Uh, again, it's all instructional. But it comes down to we'll never actually develop a, a strong prayer life unless we actually start praying. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm thinking of that verse in the Bible now where that is where the Holy Spirit helps us in our prayer. Absolutely. Sometimes it intercedes for us. You know, when we get into deep intercessory prayer, we run out of things to say. The Spirit comes in and, and can pray uh, in our stead. And that is found in intercessory prayer. Again, but we have to be praying for the Spirit to come in to yeah. intercede for us. And what about Daily devotion. The way I look at daily devotion is it encompasses all of the above. Um, I think devotion is is could be uh, scriptural or with um, a, a text of some sort or a writing of some sort. It could be strictly scriptures. It could even be strictly a book um, accompanied with prayer. 
um, in, in the time of worship, even with music. What you're doing is you're just spending that time, devoting that time to God. Now, in my opinion, a devotional is more than just what I'm reading. It's do I ponder on it? Do I pray about it? Do I do I spend time in worship and listen to music? It, it encompasses a lot of things. So daily devotion, our, our daily prayer could be 30 minutes, but a daily devotion could be an hour and a half, based on whatever we're doing. So, yes, absolutely, I think prayer is a key part to our daily devotions. Now, I wouldn't do us any justice today if I didn't actually talk about the application of prayer. All right. Now, we've been talking about some things on Wednesday night and how we can apply uh, what we learn from the tabernacle into our prayer life All right, as we pray through the tabernacle. Again, it's enhancing our prayer. It's growing deeper in our prayer, and, and it's trying to make that time spent with God effective. But there are other patterns of prayer that we find throughout the scripture. And so uh, let's let's. Look at an application of prayer, prayer applied in our life. After they asked the question to Jesus, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, Jesus said, after this manner, or after this pattern, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so he didn't say, repeat after me. He says, after this manner, after this pattern, pray. And so he was giving elements to prayer. And so... If we broke the Lord's prayer down, we'll see that we acknowledge God's holiness as part of our prayer, that we acknowledge his name, Jesus Christ, that we pray for God's will, that we pray for needs, we pray for forgiveness, we forgive others before God, we pray to be saved from temptation, we pray for deliverance from the enemy. Uh, we acknowledge God's power and authority in our life, and, and then we finish up giving God praise for all of this. Those are elements of prayer. And so if you take the elements and say, okay, here are some elements to my prayer life where we're applying what the Lord has said to teach us to pray, to give us something to pray about, to pattern our prayer. And so... And when we're applying prayer, we, we, we discover that there are elements to prayer. Now, this isn't an all-inclusive list. I mean, there's a lot more things that we could add. It doesn't mean you have to do every single one of these things every time. The Lord has just given us a pattern. But we also need to pray with the right attitude. Now, I'm not going to read it, but mark it down. Luke chapter 11 Verses 5 through 13 talks about having the right attitude in prayer. Verses 5 through 8 speaks of praying with persistence. Verses 9 and 10 speaks about praying in faith. And verses 11 through 13 uh, speaks about praying with your relationship with God in mind. Praying to develop that or to grow closer to Him. And so... We have to have a right attitude in prayer as well. It's not just about getting things from God, even though there are times that that is necessary. There are needs in our life. But it's about developing that relationship. 
And so application of prayer is discovering the elements of prayer, discovering the right attitude in prayer, but it's also organizing our prayer. Now you can organize it according to the list that the Lord gave in his example of what we call the Lord's Prayer. Or we can take elements of prayer and we can create what we call a prayer clock. And we can literally pray for an hour if we break down our prayer into five-minute segments. Okay? Now, I've never used this, um, but I know people who do. Um, And they actually write it in a journal so they they know the order they're doing it in. But if you want to pray for an hour and you want to organize your prayer, um, then you begin with praise for five minutes. Forgiveness for self and others for five minutes. Sometimes others give or take a few minutes in some of these. Confession. Petitions. Petitioning God for needs. Praying for others. Intercession. Reading the Bible for five minutes. Meditating on what you just read for five minutes. Speak God's promises or pray the word. Spend some time in thanksgiving. Spend five minutes in singing or worshiping. Spend another five minutes meditating and waiting for God to speak. And then we end in praise. That, 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 that would take an hour to do it that way. Again, we're just talking about developing a discipline for prayer. And so there's elements to prayer. There's an attitude for prayer. And there's organization of our prayer. And again, as in any spiritual discipline, it doesn't happen overnight. All right. So don't shoot. If you're never, if you, if you have very little prayer time or you're very inconsistent or very sporadic, don't shoot for the hour. <laughs> Start out small. Again, it's not quantity, but it's quality. It's about commitment. I'm going to be committed to it. If I have to start with five minutes a day, which is the average of a believer anyway, but if I can be consistent in that, then I can grow from there. I can learn to pray longer. I can learn to pray for more things or in different ways. And again, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm I'm just always going to say this. I don't want us to be a church that has prayer, I want us to be a praying church. It begins at home, begins in our prayer closets, it begins in our personal lives, and when we establish a discipline of prayer for ourselves, for that relationship with Jesus Christ, then it it bleeds over or overflows into the body of believers, into the community of believers. And so developing a discipline of prayer is vital.